0: You are Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson
1: Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked on Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today on this Christmas Eve?
0: Oh, it's Christmas Eve. It is Christmas
1: Eve. What a Christmas Eve it is. Uh, Sounds like you're really uh, going to wow your wife with a present. <laughs> is it
0: really Christmas. I mean, the, we, we, we're doing the crappiest Christmas between. I mean, we, we, we already decided it would be crappy. So at least I'm not letting her down. We're letting each other down for Christmas is what we're doing. But uh, yeah, we're not doing much. We're not seeing the family. It's just going to be the two of us. Uh, not exchanging much. Just just enjoying the time off and, uh, being healthy. The two of us, you.
1: Well, I've got 17 kids. So, uh, nice. I've got an array of gifts to give out and, uh, several mortgages. I need to see somebody about, <laughs> um, but no, I've got, a, have got, uh, I've got four kids and we're going to go on a little trip when, uh, when Christmas is over and, um, then, you know, be back and be back just in time for the national champion semifinals whatever they're called college football playoff so looking forward to that obviously and um speaking of that you know we really haven't talked much about notre dame and i I don't even know that it's time to yet um i, I mean i i keep really hearing the national pundits still complaining about you know notre dame's inclusion or ohio state's inclusion um but do you think we we briefly touched on this other day. Do you think that they got it right with the three teams? Do you do you really think they got it right with this? I said three teams with this these four teams. I mean Alabama and Clemson are no brainers. Do you think they got the other two right?
0: Uh, I do. I do. I I don't think Notre Dame versus Texas A and M is super controversial to me. And keeping in mind I'm an SEC homer, I would love to to argue that. Notre Dame got in because of ABC and ESPN and eyeballs on the TV and that's what people care about and Texas A&M got screwed. I would love to make that argument because I'm an SEC homer, right? and and I want the SEC to do well financially, so I want the SEC to have two teams in and not the ACC. But when I stack up Notre Dame to Texas A&M, to me it almost comes down to this, Luke, and that's, okay, when you got two teams that have the argument and they got Uh, the same record uh, playing against, you know, both in power five leagues. What I look at first is, okay, who, who had the hardest road to get here? Who played the toughest schedule? And to me, it's Notre Dame. And I say that in the sense that who did Texas A&M beat? They beat, they beat Florida, which is awesome. And and, and they beat Auburn, who's pretty good. Uh, Well, Notre Dame beat Clemson, who's awesome. And North Carolina who's pretty good. But the difference to me is and these don't sound like impressive wins, but Notre Dame also beat I think uh Pitt and who, who they destroyed. They destroyed Pittsburgh and they beat I believe NC State and while those, those teams don't sound big time, both of no, those North teams Carolina. were in North, North Carolina. Uh, no, nor, well, well, they beat North Carolina, but they beat Pitt and I think NC State or some – No, they, they beat
1: not NC State, did they?
0: Okay, did they play – they played two teams that finished six and five. One of them's Pitt. All right. I'm about Maybe to the other one was out. Boston College. But they beat two teams that were six and five, and, and, and A&M did not. The only teams A&M beat with a winning record were Florida and Auburn. That's it. And Notre Dame beat four teams with winning records. So, uh, to, to me, Notre Dame had the slightly tougher schedule, slightly tougher – and that made the difference for me, not to mention how impressive Notre Dame was in a couple of their games. I know people point to, uh, well, you know, they barely beat a bad Louisville team 12-9. to nine. Well, a and looked pretty real. a and looked awful in their opener against Vanderbilt, who yeah. was 0-10. So I, I, I'm fine with Notre Dame over Tex A&M. To me, the question about did they get it right was including Ohio State or not. Me personally, asking Jimmy Stein from Locked On Bama, I say no. Ohio State should not have been included because they didn't play enough games. And that's their league's fault. It's not Ohio State's fault. It's their league's fault. I, I wouldn't have included them for that reason. So in that sense, they got it wrong. But but if the committee is looking at me and going, Jimmy, Jimmy, it's the four best teams. Who are the four best teams? Are you telling me? that Notre Dame and Texas A&M are better than Ohio State, I would probably tell you, no, they're not. They're not. Ohio State's better. So in that sense, I'm not mad about any of it. Uh, I think it's controversial that they allowed Ohio State in, and I'm against it. But did they get it wrong? Wrong to me means, how did they screw it up this bad? No, no, they didn't. They didn't. I get it. I get it.
1: Yeah, I don't think they got it wrong either. I, you know, the the problem is th- there's not a clear team that deserves to be there in lieu of Ohio State. And I, Notre Dame I have a much easier time with than Ohio State. It's the six wins for Ohio State that just keeps gnawing at me. Ohio State can win the national championship with eight wins. There's something wrong with that. Um, just like there'd be something wrong with Coastal Carolina winning a national championship if they get to play whatever their schedule is and and then they got to play a Notre Dame team that just got exposed. And then, you know, let's say Alabama wasn't involved. They got to play a BYU – not a BYU or a Cincinnati or something. There's something wrong with that. Um, I think there's no excuse for Ohio State only playing that many games. Oh, COVID and this, that, and other. I know that Big Ten, That's I'm sorry that you put your these terrible parameters on your teams, and then you did your best to remove those parameters – um once you realize this is stupid and uh it just wasn't enough to me and i think a message could have been sent one way and a message was sent another way and that's what i just it's not that i'm scared to play ohio state that's not it at all I'd, i'd be fine i said on the podcast yesterday i want the best teams in there i do i i want to see the best matchups i mean yeah i want alabama to win i want alabama to destroy everybody but truth be told I think it's more fun when the games are competitive and I don't want to see Michigan state get in there anymore until they get their act together. I don't want to see another shutout. I don't want to see Notre Dame get in there anymore until they get their act together. And I also, so in that vein, I guess I could also turn my own argument around and say, I think Ohio state is the most competitive team left out there. I think Alabama would do bad things to Cincinnati. And I think Ohio state, if they are on their money game, they could, could give Alabama some fit. So, I mean, I could certainly see it both ways. Um, Jimmy, let me tell everybody about Coors Light. Coors Light is where you got to go to get that chill on. You know what I mean. You know, I mean, you know, my slang needs some work, but my tasting beers doesn't. Coors Light is the beer of choice for daddy. And uh, I call myself that sometimes much to the chagrin of everybody around me. Uh, but when you have four kids, that's the luxury you're afforded. Coors Light, go to CoorsLight.com, check them out. The Silver Bullet keeps werewolves away. That's my own personal tagline for them. I'm going to put it on a shirt. And uh, we want you to celebrate responsibly when you're celebrating Christmas or you're celebrating Hanukkah or you're celebrating Kwanzaa or you're celebrating a college football national championship, whatever. Celebrate responsibly drinking a cold, crisp Coors Light. Brewed right there in Golden, Colorado in the good old U.S. of A. And don't get no more American than that. Coors Light is the beer a choice for you. Then I want to talk about BetOnline.ag man, and you could do both at the same time. Yeah. Open
0: a Coors Light and get on BetOnline.ag, and what a freaking hour or so you're going to have just drinking your Coors Light and perusing that website before you place your bet. And I like and Memphis
1: that, tonight. All that I like free, free money you're going to get, the free money you're going to get with a lot. Promo code locked on. You're going to get a 50% bonus, man. So go to betonline.ag and get ready for the NFL, college football, bowls, college basketball, all these kick ass things are going on. And man, they got some funky bets if you're into that kind of stuff too. They also have poker, they also have blackjack. You can go to betonline.ag and just get your gamble on. That's what you want to do. So go to betonline.ag, use the promo code. Locked on for a 50% bonus. Trust me, you're going to love this website. It's easy to navigate, easy to get around, and you can bet on just about whatever the heck you want to bet on. BetOnline.ag. Jimmy, um, you know, we've been holding off cutting this podcast for Thursday. Here's getting a little in the shank of the afternoon here on Wednesday. And we've been holding off because we did a whole podcast yesterday morning uh, for Wednesday, and we assumed that Murphy's law said Auburn would hire a football coach while we were talking about how screwed up Auburn's football coaching search was going and they did. So our podcast seemed a little dated and it's going to seem a little dated now because we're going to talk about a kid named Kamara Wheaton, who I think is going to commit to Alabama in about 20 minutes, but I can't wait any longer. I've got too many family obligations coming up. So I'm going to tend like, and this is a segment we're going to start calling the Alabama tend like section where we say we're going to tend like, uh, Kamar Wheaton has committed to Alabama, a five star running back by 247, four star on the composite, uh, out of Texas, about 12 miles, I think, from uh, Jojo Earl. Uh, in terms of you know, does he know any of the Alabama commits? And he's been a real quiet cat. I mean, you don't see a lot of quiet running backs these days, and he's been a real quiet kid. I mean, you nobody, and you I know mean who else was quiet, quiet.
0: know another five star quiet running back during recruiting. Naji. Naji, yeah. Never said anything. Now it's a senior year at Alabama. He doesn't shut up.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it, Kamar Wheaton, I watched some of his film because, frankly, Jimmy, I, I would watch some of it early on in his recruitment, just, you know, just playing around. And I was thinking, yeah, it'd be nice to have him. But, I mean, everybody had him crystal balled to Oklahoma, and he was going to Oklahoma, and that was just it. And even in some of the updates that you know Tim Watts puts out there, or Buddy Tim Watts from Alabama Online, or Andrew Bone, our other buddy for uh, the Rival site, they kept saying, yeah, Kamark Wheaton is still on Alabama's list, and, and Alabama is still on his list. But uh, we think he's going to Oklahoma, and you can't really get much out of this kid, and we haven't heard much about him with Alabama. So there's our update. That's all they knew. And now, just in the last 24 hours, it's been, hey, Alabama's really picked up his communication with this kid. And I think a lot of it boils down to Trace Andrews being in that car wreck. You don't know what his future holds. Najee's right. gone, for sure. We think Brian Robinson's probably out the door as well. I mean, he could come back, obviously, but I think he's going to go. Uh, Keelan Robinson, nobody knows what in the world's going to happen there. I assume he – and at least potentially won't be back after opting out this year. So Alabama could have three warm bodies at running back. Now you know, Jason McClellan's been great. Roydell Williams showed some promise, and then Kyle Edwards is still there. We don't know much about him, but uh, yeah, it's time. Mm-hmm. It's it's a good time to be signing a running back.
0: Yeah, I mean that's. I mean it's worked out exactly that way. It's kind of funny. It just shows how awesome Saban is. We go into the year in recruiting when we build the recruiting board and we build our priorities and we build a plan running back. At the time the plan was built, why sign a running back? The running back room was too full. We literally had too many running backs on scholarship. And you say, how can you have too many running backs? Well, when you have too many running backs, that means you don't have enough players on scholarship somewhere else. I mean, it's, it's, it's simple math. So there were too many running backs. So it's like, well, why sign a running back? So we didn't make it a priority. But we did pick out one we really liked that we thought was a total badass. And we're like, you know what? We better just keep talking to this dude here. And then what do you know? Trey Sanders is in the highly unfortunate accident. Keelan Robinson uh, opts out and, 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 and fine. He doesn't uh, understandably want to play in the COVID year. So he, he opts out. Uh, you know, maybe you go to Brian Robinson and you're like, B-Rob, man, uh, you've never been the man here. Maybe you can come back next year and be the man if you're interested but he's graduated and he's you know most running backs have a short lifespan and he's going to be drafted as is so 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 Brian probably wants to go on to the NFL don't want to go back and now you look up and it's conceivable Alabama could be really shorthanded not only do you need to sign a back you need to someone one that, that's capable of playing so it was just really smart to recruit Kamar Wheaton all along and then when it comes down to hey, do we have space? Because all of a sudden we need a back. This might be a, a fantastic end cap to uh, to the 2020 year in terms of recruiting uh, for this 21 class. Because uh, I'd seen Kamar Wheaton's tape sometime back. Watched it again today. What a, what a great great prospect. Uh, I love it. You know, things that you look for for me in a back is is first of all size. Uh, not an A plus size, but an A, he ain't small. <laughs> that's not a small kid. I wouldn't call him a big back, but he ain't small. So, you know, he checks that box. And then you look at the long speed. Can he run? Can he can he outrun SEC defenders? And the answer is definitely. Uh, I would not call him an elite. Somebody like Kenyon Drake to me was like, man, he could really run. That's that's like a 4-4 guy. You know, I mean, he could, he could really motor uh. Kumar's not that guy, but he's fast. He's legit fast, faster than Najee. I mean, you know, he's fast, uh, but where he is elite, where you're like, holy moly, to me is the burst. And is there a better, isn't there, Luke? I mean, could you find a better term? To if I'm, if I'm gonna name six or eight things a running back has to be, if I say of all these things, he has elite burst, that's what you're gonna be most excited about. I mean, that's like, well, that's, that means he's gonna be good. Uh, he, he does. He Once the hole is there, once he picks his hole, or once the hole opens up and it's time to go, he's gone. He's smoke. He, he, he is fantastic when it comes to being patient, being patient, being patient, gone. And th- that to me means he's a natural running back. He was born to do this. Uh, he didn't learn to do it. He wasn't coached to do it. He was born to do it. He's got a great feel for the position. Now, I've learned evaluating over the years, this is the sort of stuff that drives fans crazy. They only want to hear great stuff. But the fact of the matter is every player out there, even the five stars are flawed, or they have some sort of perceived weakness or something that they have to work on because you don't recruit high school kids who are ready to play in the National Football League. They all have to be coached up. They all have to improve. And uh, first place to improve for me with Kamar Wheaton is running through tackles. Uh, He easily runs away from people in high school, he burst through the hole on many of his highlights. No one gets a hand on him. He also has a natural tendency to bounce outside, which is understandable because all the way in his whole life up until now, that works great. It works perfect. There's no reason for him to change what he's doing because it works perfectly, bounces outside, nobody can catch him. He's incredibly fast at that level. Well, in the SEC, he'll be caught. <laughs> you will be caught. It will be news. And and it's something else. You, you kind of love to be there in practice the first time it happens, you know, where he everything he's done for his whole life that ends up a touchdown. He bounces outside the first time at Alabama, and a 235-pound guy is going to put him on his butt. And he's like, whoa, 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 I didn't know this happened. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, it's, it's, he's had nothing but success outrunning people, and that ends the first day you're on the practice field in the SEC. So... How does he adjust to that? He's going to have to, just like Najee. We, we all saw it with Najee. I'm not saying he's a lot like Najee, but Najee did the same thing. Believe it or not, guys, when you're looking at that great power back in Najee Harris, he's a speed back in high school. He ran with the same style that Kamar Wheaton does now. He bounced everything outside. He beat everyone to the corner. Everything was a home run. We talk about how Najee doesn't hit home runs. He hit nothing but home runs in high school because in high school, he was fast as hell. Najee's fast as hell for high school football. They didn't catch him. So Najee bounced everything outside. He avoided contact. He tried to to make everyone miss. You know, all that dancing he does in the hole. That's what he did in high school because he can make everyone miss doing that. So you have to kind of coach it out of him. Hey, you have to play with a different style up here because even the big guys are fast and you ain't going to juke the little guys, not this level. So it, it's a, it's, it's a, a, a maturation thing. And we can now count the great backs at Alabama who weren't great as freshmen. Derrick Henry, Najee Harris, Damian Harris, half our damn Alabama fan message boards thought Damian Harris sucked his freshman year. But the fact of the matter is they all have to make adjustments. Uh, Trey Sanders didn't fall off the bus great either. He was just now making the adjustment right when the car accident happened because we really saw the Trey Sanders we'd been waiting to see about a week before the accident. That's right. So, uh, so Kamar is going to have to make an adjustment. It's the bouncing outside stuff. It's so many, we just see it time and time again, particularly with these bigger backs. So his weakness, if you want to call it, that is what I would say learning to play through contact, but, and it's not that he can't do it. It's just that you haven't seen him do it because he doesn't get contacted in high school, he runs away from people. So that's, But, but hey, is, is he a great prospect? Uh, I, I don't say this about too many kids, but to me, totally legit five-star. And by what I mean in a five-star is I'm looking at a kid who is potentially an impact college football player that will be a star college football player and a high NFL draft pick. I feel confident about all of those things with Kamar. So, to me, totally legit five-star.
1: You know, if you want to support Kamara Wheaton and the Alabama Crimson Tide, you need to go to Home Field Apparel and pick you up some cool, retro, vintage Alabama t-shirts, sweatshirts. I, I got the wife.
0: Don't tell her, but I got the wife uh, one of those for Christmas. No, she doesn't know, cool.
1: but I did. That's cool. I, got, uh, I did the same, and I love it. I mean, I'm telling you, the stuff is super – um i i've worn it several times gotten a lot of compliments i even said uh not long ago that I, when i was in vegas somebody said that's a cool shirt i mean I, they weren't kidding around they were like where did you get it and i told them homefield apparel said use promo code locked on Bama. you're going to get a boatload off your order man go do it right now Quit, stop what you're doing stop you're i know you're in the middle of a hot run at the craps table but go do your thing at homefield apparel or do it right from your phone homefieldapparel.com is where you want to go They've got all these cool vintage logos and and mascots and things like that one of them kind of looks like big Al's going a little bit crazy and those are the kinds I like I don't like you know I, I like old vintage logos the new stuff is not great to me I've always I always hated I think Alabama every Alabama fan hated just that that singular elephant like the true elephant that came right before the script a um, they didn't got that one Thankfully, they got a bunch of older stuff than that. And it's all really cool, like stuff that our parents would have had. You know, our parents, they had some square stuff, but they also had some cool stuff, too. And Homefield Apparel has dug through all of their resources and found some of these vintage logos. And they got it for other teams, too. So if you want to get um, Alabama's arch nemesis in basketball, then uh, go there and, and check out uh, Creighton. Because <laughs> they've got it, too. So homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code LOCKEDONBAMA. Jimmy, speaking, I brought up basketball for a second, um, and I do not want to harp on this, but um, John Petty, James Rojas were suspended for the game Tuesday night against uh, East Tennessee, and Alabama ended up winning by 16 or 17. Ended up covering, actually, but frankly, it just wasn't a fun watch. I tried watching the game. It just was not a fun watch. Um, We still lack a serious amount of chemistry to me, and um, again, Petty and Rojas were out, and I don't know that that really affected a thing. I don't think the chemistry would have been any better with those two because they were suspended for a reason. Now there were several message board rumors that there was some slur uh, said to Petty by Oats. That is not the, tra- not, not, not the truth. Apparently, some BAM online moderators have dug into that and said, "Look, this isn't what happened at all." It was, and I've done my own sleuthing and found out some of it was about Rojas, the way he acted after a fourth foul. Against uh, the the the, yeah, two the opponents ago. Kentucky, and then Petty apparently got into it a little bit with the coaches, but nothing derogatory was said, especially not by the coaches. But I think he just was being a little defiant, and um, the coaches said, "Look, you just want to sit this one out." The, the expectation is both of them will be back for the Ole Miss game, which I think is December thirtieth, uh, and that's good 29. news. But you know, Jimmy. I mean... 29th, actually, next Tuesday. Oh, 29th, okay. The the, the thing is, man, and, and I'm... Maybe I'm just not giving a long enough leash here, but I'm, I'm really starting to sour on this basketball team. I've been so excited. And I just hadn't seen anything this year that makes me go, yeah, this is something I can sink my teeth into. And maybe it's a COVID thing. I don't know, but I'm just not enjoying it right now. I think uh,
0: I think that uh, we set the expectations too high. And, and I'm not saying that over the course of the season, uh, I'm still optimistic that, that we're going to uh, be really good uh, at some point. We, we have not been great so far. We, we've, we've barely been good, if that, so far, and that's a little uh, frustrating based on, uh, based on what we thought we'd be, and, and that is frustrating. But, you know, that, that, the, the analogy here is not apples to apples, so don't get this wrong. I'm not saying we're this, but it's just the best way to describe how I feel. We have so many new players. Only four players return. Nine players that are playing on the court, nine, well, eight technically because uh, Alex is out for the year, uh, Chiku, but uh, eight of the players that regularly play in an Alabama uniform have never played basketball at Alabama in the SEC or with each other, and just because they were all ballyhooed guys or with perceived big-time talent, we thought we'd be good because the talent's there. Well, Y'all remember when the Miami Heat built one of the super teams of my lifetime and there was the big announcement and and it was the big, I remember the curtain rising and then it's LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosch and you're like, holy moly, they're never going to lose a game. And everybody got mad because the the team was just too stacked and it was unfair. And true enough, they won multiple world championships. But you know what they did in world in year one? Not much, (laughs) not much. They lost, in, I think they lost in the first, second round of the playoffs in year one. It was one of LeBron's uh, worst regular seasons, one of LeBron's worst playoff showings. And and it was LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosch. And you're like, how did they not win the championship? And the fact of the matter is, it took them an, an entire whole season to learn to play with each other and learn to get it just right. And then the next year they did, and they were literally unbeatable for multiple seasons. Um, I'm not saying that's going to happen for Alabama but what I'm saying is even the best of the best of the best takes a while to mesh takes a while to figure it out takes a while to build some chemistry I think the lashing out by Petty and Rojas assuming the stories we're hearing are true and I believe they are based on the digging I've done is um, there's a lot of frustration and I think the fans are feeling it I think coach Oates is feeling it. I think the players are feeling it. I think everybody's frustrated because they thought it would be better than this. But what they all need is patience and I think Shackelford shooting his way out of the slump was a good first step and uh and let's see what they do now that the SEC season's here it kind of feels like a new season with the SEC starting. So I'm still optimistic we can be good, but we 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 probably got too excited. Imagine that as fans. I think we got too excited too soon and didn't Didn't warn ourselves enough about, you know, got to build some chemistry. They're not going to play great together overnight. There's too many new people.
1: You know, I I love it when you make good uh, points. I I appreciate that. But I'm pretty sure, and I'm trying to find that out right now as I'm multitasking here, I think the Miami Heat went to the finals all four years. They
0: they lost the first time. They didn't win the championship. I know that.
1: Yeah, you're right. I do. And, um, but I would say this, if we could get to the Final Four and lose, I'd take it. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, it,
0: it, I said it I before it started. It's not a perfect analogy. It's just the analogy <laughs> in basketball, everybody knows. Everybody remembers Bosh and LeBron and Dwayne Wade. And it, they didn't reminds it, me
1: of, uh, it reminds me, did you ever see the movie Rounders?
0: I did. Uh, I know I did. That's the uh, poker movie.
1: Yeah, when, when Ed Norton. Um, yeah. Okay, so Matt Damon comes in and uh, – his girlfriend, who had made him swear to give up gambling, finds out he had started gambling again, even though it was just a little bit. And uh, so she packed up all her shit and left. And Ed Norton was in the room with him. And she was like, I can't, he was like, I can't believe she just left you like that. I mean, just left you. All you do is play a little cards. It's just like that poker saying that in the game of life, women are the rake. And, and he goes, what are you talking about? What's saying? That's not a saying. Like That's what your analogy was. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? They lost in the first round. They went to the finals. Okay. They lost in the finals. Okay. okay. But, but they still lost. Okay. I got you. Um, and it
0: wasn't a perfect analogy.
1: But you don't want me to get caught maybe, up in details.
0: Maybe I should have just said that when you have so many new players, it's going to take a while. And
1: that's what I meant. Ding, 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 ding. Um. Okay. Really quickly, Jimmy, before we run out of time, Auburn's coaching hire. I mean, boy, you talk about catching the world off guard. Um, I don't know if Auburn pulled off the the greatest trick the the that's ever been tricked, or that they yeah. just ended up hiring a dude that is really Gus Miles on part and yeah.
0: yeah, I wish I'd said out loud, watch them hire somebody like Brian Harson, somebody totally off radar, because l- literally that would literally, good- literally, I had thought the thought. Probably not during a podcast, but I mean, in terms of, as soon as I was told from someone I would trust, "Look, the Kevin Steele thing is off the table. The Kevin Steele thing is not going to happen." And now they they've they've got to make a good hire. You know, they're going to go outside the box here. And, and literally the Brian Harsin thing, you know, happened about four hours after that, you know, publicly. So I didn't really have a lot of time to formulate who it might be. But, but based on, hey, look, you know, they landed on their feet considering considering how bad it was going. It was going really bad. And this could have ended really badly. If I'm an Auburn fan, I'm not celebrating. I'm not, I'm not dancing in the streets. I'm not making reservations at the college football playoff next year but I'm relieved. I would be relieved. I'd be like, well, okay, we got a legitimate head coach who has a good resume. We we, we got that. Uh, and I, if I was them, I would be relieved more so than celebrating because of how bad it could have been. And, uh, and this could, could prove to be a good hire to me. It's the literal equivalent here. I go again with my bad basketball analogies, but it's the equivalent of going to Buffalo and hiring a mid-major yeah. coach and, yep, and hoping it works out in the SEC. And, and, hey, sometimes it does. Sometimes it does. And then sometimes you're like, how did this not work? This guy was good. And then he got here and he's not good. Kind of like how we did with Anthony Grant, who was great as a mid-major guy, gets to Alabama, doesn't win enough. We fire him. He goes back to a mid-major. He's winning again, which proves he's, he's good at this. He just, for whatever reason, couldn't get it done in the big leagues but he's really good down there, one level below that. Maybe we'll find out that Brian Harson is Anthony Grant, or we'll find out that he's, you know, Billy Donovan, (laughs) you know, who just kept winning every time at every level they move him up to. He just keeps on winning. I mean, that's what the best of the best of the best of the best do. Maybe he's that guy, but maybe he's Anthony Grant. We'll find out.
1: All right, buddy, we're going to try and do a podcast for Christmas Day. No promises right now. i got too many kids in my house to uh, actually make any promises of any sort. So, um, yeah, that's what we'll do. And so in the meantime, uh, Roll Tide and Merry Christmas, everybody.
0: Roll Tide. Merry Christmas.